Hello. Welcome to episode six of the Internet Religion podcast with me, as per usual, Ethan, and my incredible, delicious, I've used delicious before, <laughs> Stella. I'll, 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 I'll go with Stella. Stella. Sarah. Thank you. Every time we come on here, we try to throw more adjectives at each other to like, because we love each other so much. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we're running out of like big words. Um, but thank you. Welcome, everybody. And today we are excited. I'm so excited to have my good friend from back in the day, Scott in the Zoom room today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That intro, that, that was really funny. I just yeah. Scott Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, that was like not oh on brand. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I love you. I love you so much. I love you. You're awesome. Thanks, Me and Skylar go way back. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, the people listening went to high school together, um, which Sophomore is always lunch. fun. Yeah, we ate a lot of lunches together. Um, oh, good so stuff. many. We've done, we've probably done musicals together. I've seen you in a lot of musicals, but we definitely shared that musical theater lifestyle yeah. back in the day. Wait, we did one musical. We did Aladdin back oh. like 2014. Oh my gosh. I feel that's old. crazy. <laughs> that's a whole other lifetime. Holy moly. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, me and Skylar go way back and she's an upcoming musician who is living in Nashville right now and she's killing it and she's going to be something. She's, she's, she's getting there. She is getting there and I am wholeheartedly convinced of it. So I figured might as well put her on the podcast now before she's too fucking big to get. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so sweet of you. Thanks. It's, it's definitely, you know, a process like moving to Nashville and, you know, trying to get my name out there. So it's like, it's so amazing when it all comes back full circle to like the people that you once knew and the people that you knew in your hometown and, I don't know, just rekindling things. And I'm so glad to be a part of this. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. Uh, but we'll, we'll hop right into it. We have we have a lineup of questions for Miss Skylar here today. Um, but first of all, for the people that don't know you, we want to tell us about yourself and like what inspired you to become a musician. Yeah, so um, I've pretty much been exposed to music my whole life. I mean, not there wasn't really a person in my family who did music per se, but I was just always exposed to it. Um, I've always had 80s music playing throughout the house, 70s music. My parents were old school. Um, but as I grew up, I've just grown so fascinated with playing piano and guitar. And when I was 10 years old, um, my music teacher, she was like, you have perfect pitch. And I guess if you don't know what that is, it just means, you know, if you hear a note or something, you can identify what note exactly that is without an instrument but anyway with that my passion for music just grew and I started writing music I guess when I was around 13 that's when I started playing music fully on the guitar right before high school hit and that's when I would do a lot of writer showcases around town and I think it was senior year of high school where I kind of just I guess had this conclusion where I was like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is what I need to do. I think something about being an artist is like, you realize that that's the only thing that's that you want to do in your life and nothing else. And it kind of clicked for me. I remember December, I think of 2017, I was like, yeah, I'm going full force doing this. And that's when I 
kind of made the decision to move to Nashville, like 800 miles away from home, which is nuts. I'm the only one from my hometown that I know in Nashville, which is crazy. Um, But I've met a lot of great people along the way, a lot of great writers, a lot of great creators. And that just comes, I think, with getting to know the town and getting to know the people there. Um, But through that, I've been releasing music and it's just been awesome playing writer's rounds. Yeah, Nashville is just a great place to be. So, yeah, that's that's who I am, I guess, in a a little gist, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a great gist. That was a great gist. You really, really summed it up. Thanks. Thanks, dude. (laughs) I don't know. That's kind of like a spark note summary, if you will, even though it was kind of a very broad spark note summary. But, no, yeah. but I think it Me. sums up, I think, like who you are, because I definitely I, you were always a songwriter in high school. Like, I, I feel like I always like every like showcase or whatever, like you were always singing an original song. And like, I could just tell that was your passion from like day one. And I was like, you're there's no there's nothing else you could do other than that. You know, like there was just no other option I think for you like you said like you just knew you had to do it and I'm glad you're doing it good for you yeah I remember being in high school and uh you and I were heavily involved in the theater department and that was so amazing you know just to be involved with a bunch of performers and people that were passionate about music like you and I but it was I felt like a fish out of water in a way because I feel like there weren't that many people that wrote music I mean there was probably one other person but I kind of just felt like well I guess this is this is my thing. This is kind of my niche, if you will, something that I feel like makes me stand out. And I wanted to delve deeper into that. And I'm so glad that I did. And it's so nice to have like people like supporting me along the way that, you know, we're in high school and we're music creators, but we were just in different ways. If that makes sense. Right. So uh, you said that, you know, deciding to make a decision in 2017, and then it seems like pretty quickly you got into making music and releasing because was it 2019 when it came out? Uh, yeah. So I started releasing music for the first time in 2019. That's when I released, I think, my first song, Stranger to the Melodies. And then Marionette was um, the one following that. And I was so proud of that release. That came out the following year in May of 2020. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, that, that is... 20- 2019 that was crazy that's just last yeah. year then yeah it's crazy yeah. how time flies but i think it's even crazy it's like it's so like, long ago yeah like like uh, like uh, uh, how fast you got into it and you know you, you said it's your niche just how quickly you took to move into a new place and creating incredible music because I've, I've got my notes here and next to strange the Mel- uh, it's, uh, strange the melody i've just like gorgeous because when <laughs> i listen to us, <laughs> well uh, sarah sent me the song and i remember being like oh my God, I am in love. Yeah, I think it was a, a, a live acoustic version. I was like, yes, goosebumps. That was incredible. Like, Thank you I just so much. Put that, out there. that is so kind of you. That just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but um, go, going along with that, I think before I moved to Nashville, I think that was something that was always in my head. Like, oh my God, how am I going to meet people? I'm like so petrified. I'm so new here. I'm just a baby and I don't know what I'm doing. But I think that there's something that a lot of people forget is that it kind of just happens organically. People think like networking is this such scary thing that you dive into. And just because the word networking itself means like 
trying to know people who they know, who they know, who they know. And I think you just see this bigger picture and it just overwhelms you. But really, I guess when you think about it, it all just happens organically. You know, you move to a place, you have a roommate who knows somebody and then you become friends with them along the lines and along their lines and along their lines. And eventually, you know, it just blossoms just because of you as a person and you're just clicking with them. And I think something about networking is that it just happens naturally. Sometimes people think too hard about it. And really it's just you being a good person, you know, just being a nice person, being there for people, uh, lending a hand when they need it, them lending a hand when you need it. Yeah. It's pretty much just, you know, making friendships, which is great. Yeah. 100%. I mean, like, I think of like Ethan over here, like that's not networking in a way, but like literally half of the people I have in my life is just being nice and having friends and having common interests. And like, it really, really changes your life. You know, there's so many people I didn't know a year ago that I know now that, you know, change the way I look at the world. And and that's, that's great. And I'm so glad you're able to do that. And especially in Nashville, because the opportunities down there are crazy. Oh, amazing. yeah. Yeah. The opportunity opportunities here they're, they're endless and I think like like I said it's overwhelming at first but once you kind of dive deep into it you're just like whoa and it, it's amazing yeah I'm, I'm so happy you got down there I, I was very close to going to your university you go to Belmont University oh yeah very close to going down there and it's crazy I was like what my what if my life would have looked like I remember I you talking about that you wanted to be a classical voice major there at Belmont. Yeah. oh yeah, my yeah. gosh yeah, I remember us talking back and forth about it, being like, yeah, I think I'm going to Belmont. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're looking at it. And then here you are, you know, being the successful superstar that you are with your own podcast. And I don't know, it's it's like I was saying, it's just crazy how, you know, the gears change, how you realize that like you want to go in one place and then you realize you want to go in the other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you're already so successful at it. It's just commendable. Thank you. No, I feel the same way. I think it's like everything happens for a reason to a point, you know, I don't know if I believe in fate, but like, yeah, I think paths cross and like sometime you're just, you're meant to meet with people and meet to reconnect. And like, you know, I, I think after high school, we didn't talk for a bit. I mean, like, it was no. just like, we, we didn't see each other. And then I randomly ran into you and I was like, oh my God, Skylar, like <laughs> what's, what's up? Like, it's just crazy. But there was still like, we still had a connection and there was still friendship there and it's a genuine thing. And it's like, we don't have to fake it or anything, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, I feel like you were the kind of person that like, when we ran into each other, there was like nothing that like, we had that was different because we knew each other on a personal level but like on that other hand like even though it had been so long since we last saw each other it's like nothing it's like nothing changed just because of you you're in my passions and us as people too and yeah it's just crazy how fate if you will and the universe can just bring you back into situations and bring things back full circle yeah yeah brought you back into the zoom room girly (laughs) the zoom room the best place to be at Heck yeah, the internet religion Zoom room. Everybody's favorite hotspot. It's it's the best place to be. <laughs> it's it's de- I'm definitely vibing here. It's I you fit in with this cool. vibe. It's cool, yeah. Thanks, us. dude. Thanks, dude. I I'm just vibing, chilling here in Cedar Rapids. Here I am, still quoting vines <laughs> from like 2016. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Well, going off of talking about like Nashville and stuff like that, um, is it hard being in a university where like everybody else is also kind of trying to be like the next Taylor Swift for say or whatever? Like, cause it is a heavy music school. Like that's basically what it is. And everybody's kind of fighting to get that end goal. Like, I mean, life isn't a race, but is it difficult yeah. kind of trying to do your own thing? 
Yeah. I mean, with that being said, that's kind of like a yes and a no, because I remember when I first went to Belmont and I saw people that were doing the exact same things that I was doing. You're kind of, you, it kind of takes you aback and you're like, whoa, this isn't just like, this isn't just something that's mine anymore. Like that I'm not alone here. So in a way I kind of felt connected with everybody else because there was something that I could relate to with everybody else. And it, it, it's a beautiful thing because we grow with one another. But on the other hand, when I first jumped into the scene, it was sort of the sense of like, wow, now I got to think outside the box here. I got to take this a step further. I got to, you know, get on that grind, if you will. But in a way it challenges you to become a better person and a better writer and a like better with your goals and you know your your motivations but on the other hand yeah it, it challenges you it doesn't at first it makes you feel like it's a hindrance but really it's only helping you grow it's shaping you into the person that you're meant to be and along that along those lines meeting everybody that is just as creatively intuitive as you, you can build off of each other, you can grow with each other. And it, at first you might think it's competitive, but really it's just building you up and it's building your character, it toughens you. And with that being said, like you, you create these bonds with these people that they only make you better and it's only making them better too. So really it's kind of like a win-win scenario you're growing with them, they're growing with you and your passions are building along with that and you're becoming better writers, better artists, better collaborators. You're learning along the way and it's all a learning process. So yeah. I think as well, in a world where everyone is online, there's this social bubble is now yes. a worldwide thing where nobody's apart and you've constantly got these people to talk to, to compare yourself to. And would you say that comparison between people online would you say that's had the same effect as going to university has had yeah I think this really came into the picture I think since the pandemic in March because I feel like a lot of people were more connected with people online than ever um, I was doing a lot more co-writes online on zoom and you know not in person with each other but in a way I had more opportunities to connect with people on the other side of the world than i necessarily did in Nashville. So as weird as it seems, it kind of just changed the elements of things and it didn't really make it a hindrance, but it, it kind of, it just, it just made things different, not necessarily better or worse. Um, but I, along those lines, you kind of connect with even more people then. I mean, they're not in person, but you're still connecting with people. And for that, it's at least cool. Going off of the, you know, social media and stuff, like, it plays uh, such a huge role in, I think, branding of artists, oh, yeah. especially. Um, but it, in this time of the pandemic and, like, you know, you can't go out to showcases, you can't do these live performances. Like, have you kind of utilized social media to kind of try to create the brand that is Skylar Lee and, like, what you want to see yourself as in the future? Oh, yeah. Um, like, for example, with my last release, that was right after the pandemic hit. And I was kind of glad I already hit the studio by then. I was like, oh, thank God. But um, once it kind of hit, I was like, well, I can kind of try to turn this into my favor, delved into some different marketing tactics that were more oriented towards online. And yeah, with the whole pandemic hitting, I think it's just, it you shouldn't try to make it as much of a hindrance as it is, but just try to change the gears so that you could be the differentiation that, you know, can help you move forward. Um, so with that being said, um, 
even though it was harder to do in-person writers rounds and stuff like that, different performances, live performances. Oh my gosh, I miss live performances. Um, but um, I kind of would do live events on, you know, Instagram live on different social media platforms. There were so many artists that I knew that were delving into that kind of virtual concert element in order to bring people in and, I kind of hopped along that bandwagon too during writer's rounds with all my friends um, throughout the pandemic. And it's fun because you, even though you're not in person, you're still connected in a way. And people that wouldn't necessarily be in Nashville can go to those events and see you perform and see what you're doing and what you're up to. So that's, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think even if this pandemic stops, I don't think I'll stop doing those because there are different element that can bring even more people to the table and they don't just necessarily, um, they don't have to necessarily go to, you know, um, the one place in Nashville by Broadway where there would probably be a lot of people and they would be nervous. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so I guess you were talking about songwriting and stuff virtually. Um, you're a songwriting major. Is that what you're like? Yes. Okay. Yeah, songwriting major, music business minor. It's it's a fun time. Nice, nice. So, like, do you how's your songwriting process? I know you wrote a lot of stuff on the guitar back in the day, but do you guys utilize like production equipment like at home, like GarageBand, that kind of stuff? Like, what's the process of Skyler Lee writing? Yeah. So after high school, I kind of took a leaning towards learning how to do music production. And I, you know, I do a lot of my demos and stuff on Logic Pro X, which is kind of like, it's kind of like GarageBand, I guess, on steroids. Mm. But um, with that being said, when I'm usually in a writing process, I've kind of learned to write in different ways. Sometimes I'll get an idea, you know, when I'm at the grocery store or if I'm sitting down eating or if I'm actually in a class. And in that case, I'll have to run out, probably act like the weirdest person in the world and like hold up my phone and be like, (laughs) and then by the time I listen back to it, I'm like, what the frick was I even singing? I have no idea. But in other cases, sometimes I pick up the melody and when I was trying get a gist of what I was trying to do in my head. And then I'll probably take it either with piano or guitar, find the right key, find the right chords, and then just delve from there. Mostly sometimes the melody comes first um, and then the lyrics, but then there's sometimes those like really cool songs where they come at the same time and they marry with each other really well. Those are kind of my favorite ones to write. But there's also a different writing process that I've done where it's called track writing, where you'll hear an, an, a full instrumental of an already produced track, and then you kind of just top line it and you just put a melody over it or you put lyrics over it and boom, got yourself a song. So there's many different ways that you can write different kinds of music. Even In fact, um, when we're learning about different processes of writing, there's even ways where how do I put this? When I was in high school, a lot of the songs that I wrote were autobiographical. A lot of them were based on my own personal life. And I'm not saying that those songs, you know, aren't fun to do because those are probably my favorite ones to write. You have a connection to them and they're a part of you. It's like an extra limb. But um, I've also learned to write when you don't have inspiration and when you don't really know the things that should be said. Um, Sometimes you can just read a book and you'll see a word on the page that sticks out and you're like, whoa that needs to be in a song. Um, there was there was a movie that I was watching and it was called, 
Um, you probably know it. She's just not that into you. And there was, there was a final monologue, I guess, of the movie where it was, um, they were talking about sometimes it's hard to tell the difference from the ones who leave versus the ones who stay. And I was like, the ones who stay, that, that, that's a good title. And sometimes you just get that kind of inspiration from an outside source that's not necessarily your own life. So yeah, being in Nashville, you learn about these different processes and these different tactics of writing. And there's so much fun to delve into. You can delve into yourself or a different character or a different being or a different person. And it's kind of like almost back going into theater where you're playing a part, you're playing a character. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know, uh, going back to these like writing about personal experiences, I think with songs like Marionette, where we do get these really detailed, amazing lyrics, you Thank know. You. So would you say those come more from like uh, looking back on experience or a, like a present tense looking at how the heart felt? Yeah, I wrote that song that song was probably one of the longest processes that I've had with any kind of song. Cause I actually wrote that song when I was 17, I was a senior in high school and I kind of, you know, got the idea for it in the lunch table. And I was like, I got to run to the bathroom. I got to get this idea. I got, I just got to get it down. And, you know, I run to my voice memo and just try to sing along while there's like crowds of people talking. But um, yeah, that was a long process. Cause the, that I wrote that song about a personal experience when I was, you know, in high school and about, no, it it was about realizing my worth and realizing that I'm more than just what I'm defined as by others, you know? And I kind of just delved deeper into that. And yeah, that song was very personal to me just because it, it was a feeling that I felt for so long. And sometimes when you feel something for so long, you don't know the right words to say and you don't know the right message to get across. But at that point, I was just like, yeah, I think I know what I want to say now. I think I know the full uh, um, tactic of the way I want to get this across. I don't want it to seem calculated in a way. I just want it to be my fullest vulnerable self. And I think that's something that you try to get a lot with your music. Um, So yeah, when I wrote that song, I just tried to channel that feeling that I had, you know, all throughout those four years. Um, Now coming to this realization that, you know, you're more your worth comes from more than what other people say of you and from what other people think of you and from what other people do to you. You know what I mean? You have more power than you think. Um, But when that, after I wrote that song, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from this. And once I come back to it and once I feel ready to release it to the world, that's when I'm going to let people hear it. And that came sooner than later. That came, I think last year where I was just saying, yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready now. And contacted one of my producers who I met along the grapevine and oh my gosh Sean Rogers he's just an amazing fantastic producer we click so much creatively and all the ideas that I had with my original demos and my original creations he vibed off of and he just amplified them and made them you know 200 times better really digging in deep with um, the, the lyrics and marrying the sound with the words that I was saying. And so, yeah, we both produced that with each other with this other guy named Baggio and he's a fantastic guitarist, fantastic instrumentalist. And yeah, when I released that, I was just, you know, that's when I felt the most ready for people to hear it. And I was nervous at first because, you know, sometimes when you release something so vulnerable, it's just like, what are people going to think of this? What are people going to say about this? 
but it garnered a lot of attention and I'm really glad that it got the the positive outcome that it did. And I'm so lucky and so grateful to everybody who supported it along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely deserved it. You know, I think it's even more crazy knowing that you're about at 17, you're able to translate that much emotion so well into a song that is... Thank you. That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think before then, I... I've always been more heavily of a melodic person than a lyrical person. And that lyrical ability has definitely grown through time. I mean, if you've probably heard some of the songs that I wrote when I was probably 14, 15, oh my gosh, I would probably, you know, throw my face into a trash can and like not even want to like come back to the surface. Oh my gosh. But that was one of the first songs where I just looked back at it and the words felt so organic and so natural that, I just knew that it was bound to be something that I wanted to give out to the world. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And I literally, when I first heard it, I, I texted you right away and I was like, <laughs> first of all, I love the concept of it because I know you so well and I know what it was about, but like it, you could hear the, you could hear the influence of like, I know you're a huge Swifty. Like, let's just oh, say for sure. I think that's just a given. That's a yeah. given. That's a given. I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a stand for many things because I think if you I'm a fan of a lot of influences I'm a fan of Billy Joel Elton John Carol King Fleetwood Mac Dua Lipa all different elements Um, my sound comes a lot from 80s pop Um, but if I were to say I was a stand it would most definitely be Taylor Swift I think she was the kind of person that I would be inspired to stay up until midnight for a release or to read the cover of a CD and put in all these Easter eggs. She's very clever with her fans. And I think trying to connect them in some way to herself and her own personal being, she's very good at marketing and very good at being personal and vulnerable with people when it's not necessarily the most easy, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, so yeah, when she leaves those little, little Easter eggs and these little personal clippings about herself, it makes you feel connected to her in some way. And what she does is incredible as an artist and as an influencer and as just, you know, a business person herself, she's done something amazing. I mean, even when, you know, MySpace was coming into the picture, she was already doing, you know, things to connect with her fans. And that's when she started gaining attention was when she started her MySpace page, her YouTube vlogs. And yeah, along the way, if you knew her well enough, she would put in these little, I guess, Easter eggs, like I've been saying, that you wouldn't necessarily recognize if you weren't a fan of her already. But yeah, she's garnered so much attention that it's it's not easy to not sink into it and to not delve into it deeper. Because it just makes you feel like, whoa, this is so cool. What she's doing is so cool. And you don't really see a lot of people doing it already. I mean, people are probably doing it now, but it's only because she kind of pioneered that tactic. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, we are Swifties. We, we heavily talk about Taylor on this oh, podcast. Oh, for sure. I don't think we've had one person on here yet. be like not have a full discussion about Taylor Swift. Cause like she is the pioneer yeah. for so many things. And like, yeah. it was, 
it was funny like when we had baby queen on here like she literally said the same thing like the only person she would ever stay up until 3 a.m for is taylor swift and like <laughs> that's like everybody's thing is like if you're not a stan if you're not in that culture like taylor swift just brings it to that level where like you have you have to be invested like if you like your stuff like you're just immediately invested in it and i think i think that's the smartest thing ever and as you know a business person myself i'm like everybody can take notes from from that girl because she's a powerhouse but i i hear a lot of like the influence of taylor in marionette like when i first heard it i was like she she took that she took that and ran with it um I, which i love like i think Thanks, take dude. what take what you love and like make it your own and i just felt like that sound was you know taylor but it was so much skylar like there was so much of you in that and i was like that's what she needs to do i was like she needs to take everything that she's good at and like mix it with a great pop star like taylor swift and like make it her own and i i think that's awesome that you're 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 doing your thing you know yeah thank you so much i really appreciate that yeah i've always been obsessed with her sound since i was you know i guess 12 years old i listened to a lot of her stuff in middle school and um she was actually the very first concert that I went to when I was, I think, yeah, 12 years old. It was 2013. It was March. And I just remember being so blown away by by the set, the stage presence, the musical elements that went into it. I just think she's a great lyrical and melodic writer. She's very intuitive and she's very good at creating hooks that are from instinct and they're not really you can tell they come from her gut and from her instinct. And it's not like something that had to be crafted along the way. Like it's just fully there and it's fully like, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen next in the song. And it's very instinctive. Um, so when listening to those lyrical and melodical elements, you kind of, I guess, grow an appreciation for them. And it, it eventually becomes your inspiration and something that you take from the picture. So yeah, combining her elements with, I guess, Dua Lipa's elements and from uh, even Casey Musgrave's lyrical elements and 70s and 80s vibes, if that makes sense. I even have a playlist on Spotify that's called like songs that are 80s that are not from the 80s. <laughs> I have a 70s slash 80s playlist too. I was that's raised amazing. on it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, I think, coming up with all of those elements and especially Taylor Swift, it creates this blend of very, like I said, instinctive and driven melodies and lyrics that are an earworm and you can't get them out of your head. She's very good at creating hooks, very good at creating things that stick in your head for a long time without it being annoying. I mean, sometimes if you hear it on the radio for too long, it can probably get to that point. But at first, when it comes in your ear, you're like, whoa, that's catchy as heck. And that's something that I always try to find in my writing style. Like, how can I make this phrase a hook? How can I make this not repetitive in the sense that it becomes annoying, but in the sense that, hey, I want you to get this stuck in your head for at least three days. And once it's stuck in your head for three days, that's when you know it's a good song, you know? Yeah. As well, I think Taylor's Matt's. <laughs> I, th uh, I think there's master writing style where you don't have to have context to get it. And no. I think that's something that's translated into your music, as in we've not all gone through the same experiences, but with songs like Strange the Melody and Marionette, we just get it by listening. I think that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I think when you're writing a song, 
there's a key where it has to be specific. You have to apply specifics into a song in order to build a relationship between you and the song and as well as the people listening to it. Because if they're hearing, you know, like a, a lyric like, oh, we were dancing in the moonlight, but now we just don't know how to. You think of, oh my gosh, dancing in the moonlight. I used to listen to that song all the time. And you have a connection to it in some way, something through specifics. But at the same time, you have to make it, um, I know if you make a song too specific sometimes, it only applies to you and not to anybody. And something that I always try to get across with my songs is I want as many people as possible to feel what I'm feeling and to relate to what's being said on the page and in the words of the music. Um, so when you're sitting down and you're actually writing this, you kind of have to think about how can I apply this situation to others? How can I apply the situation to make people feel the way that I'm feeling on this page? Um, sometimes it you need to create different dimensions of the song in order to become, make that come across, but sometimes it just comes naturally. And that's when the best songs are written, yeah. Hell yeah. I, I'm like I said, like Marionette is so damn catchy. Like literally I was listening to it yesterday when I was like making up my notes and sending Ethan all this stuff. And I was like this, like, it's so good. And I think it's just the fact that like people don't know you yet. Like, and that's the thing with like all of these artists that we have on here is like, you are in this phase of like creating who you are and like, people just don't know you yet. But like, I, I fully believe that like when people do like, you are going to be something. You, you. I, you know, you're going to, you're going to blow up. You're going to be an artist. You're going to be living out your dream. Cause I, I can just, I not saying I have the best ear for music, but like, I just know when it's good. You know what I mean? I, and I think Ethan's the same way too. Cause like when he heard Marionette, he was like, dude, he was like, this is a good song. I was like, I know. I was like, Thank why you. is it? why is it not like you know i mean obviously i know it's hard with spotify streams and it's really hard to get your music out there but like i be i 100 percent believe that like when we get when you get those opportunities to like really put out your stuff on a bigger platform that like people are going to eat it up um because i don't know if you know this but i was looking up on youtube when I, I was looking up marionette and there's like someone put it in like a playlist on youtube and it yeah. has like 35k and like there's comments of people being like yo who the heck is this like this is so good and i was like that it's like that's all you need is like a platform like you need a platform of people to know who you are and like you're gonna take off 100 percent. thank you so much that's so kind of you yeah um that lyric video i remember when they reached out to me and they wanted to add it i guess to their youtube video and i was like yeah sure the more people that hear it and the more people that are exposed to it the better and just seeing you know all the support that i've gained through that i think there's been like night court edits of my songs and stuff and when you listen back to it it's like wow people are actually like making edits of my songs and trying to you know add new lyrical elements or not lyrical elements but new musical elements and um seeing all the people that I've never even heard of before from on the other side of the world, listening to something that I put out, something that I wrote on my bedroom floor when I was 17. It's crazy. Cause sometimes every now and then I'll get like a message on Instagram and saying, Oh, bonjour, je m'appelle someone. I'm from France. And uh, I just heard your music and you're so talented and I can't wait to hear some more of the stuff that you're releasing. So even then you're naturally, like I said before, you're, naturally creating that organic fan base, I guess, that that organic network of people that you're trying, you know, to get in the first place. But it's amazing when you find someone who has a personal connection to the song that you never even met. You never even saw them on the side of the world that you live in. 
yet somehow along the way they had the choice to click on their computer your song they had the chance to listen to it and they chose to do that and them saying to me that my songs have such a personal connection it it means so much it's like whoa it's amazing what a song can do it's amazing what a good song can do yeah and it's amazing how like social media again like it plays, you know, there's negative and positives, but I feel like at this point in time, especially with the pandemic, like there's so many positives because like you have Spotify, you have these apps and TikTok and all this stuff that's like letting people find music and find new artists. And like, that's where it starts. That's how it gets built. And like, we're seeing that in so many different ways with other artists. And I just think like, that's the way to go. And I think like really capitalize on that. And like, and I think you are, I think you know what you're doing, but yeah, there's, there's so much coming your way. I just know it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that a lot. It's, it's amazing when, you know, I like, like I said, they talk full circle and you get to hear things from people that you normally like, you know, it, it just comes back full circle and it's amazing. It really is. Well, like what is next for Skylar Lee? I know, you know, 2021 fresh year. We, are we going to get new music? That's the real question. Are we going to get another yeah. banger? Yeah. I'm announcing um, that I'm releasing a new single it's called whoopsie daisy and it's coming out march 11th 2021 and oh my god i'm so excited to release this song um i'm gonna eventually put it on my instagram and by that time you can just go to my instagram handle and click skylar lee music and it should be in my bio and you can click on it and pre-save the song um yeah this is a song that i'm really excited about it's very reminiscent of my personality if you know me i'm a very bubbly person a very energetic person and I think it's great that for one of the first times I'm kind of bringing those elements into this song. Um, Whoopsie Daisy is a song that I wrote a little bit ago. Um, and it's about, you know, when you get those, when, when you get that, that love bug and it hits and you're like, Oh no, why did this have to happen? This is not good. I can't do this today. This is not my day. This is not it. Um, so because of that, it's kind of like whoopsie Daisy. It life happens. And yeah, I'm really, really pumped to, to share this song with the world. I, it, it, this one's an earworm for sure. And I think that once people hear it, they'll, they'll probably, hopefully be singing it for days. Um, but yeah, March 11th, that's actually on a Thursday, not on a Friday. And Ooh. I'm super excited about it. That's exciting. Um, that sounds I'm hella excited. relatable because um, I catch feels and I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, once you catch the feels, it's over. It's like, it's no, over. I don't have the upper hand anymore. Like, what's what's going on? What's happening? And Ugh. then and then eventually you're becoming clumsy and you're tripping and you're stumbling and you're stumbling over your words and you don't even know half of the stuff that's coming out of your mouth. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> tea. <laughs> For sure. Tea. OT. 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 Oh, my goodness. Well... To wrap it up, I mean, you're going to graduate next year, right? Is yes, and it's crazy. Time goes by so fast. Cannot believe I'm graduating May 2022. That's yeah, insane. and by then I'll be a person officially in the music scene, which is crazy. That's crazy. So, cool. so are, are you working on like labels and trying to actually, you know, get it on a label right away? Or what? what is like kind of the plan right now? Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm focusing, you know, on growing my connections, growing my network. And through that, eventually after I graduate, 
um, I'm hoping to find a publishing deal, but I don't want to rush into one right away. You always have to make sure that, you know, it's the right deal for you and they're there for you and not just necessarily just to get a publishing deal. Sometimes if you go into it too quick, you're eventually, you eventually go into something that you didn't necessarily want in the first place and you don't have the creative freedom that you used to. Um, so with that being said, um, yeah, I eventually, you know, do want to be with a publishing company or a record label, but that takes time and it takes, you know, uh, not just grip, but like it takes instinctively knowing what you want and who you are and if they can match that for you. So yeah, right now I'm just connecting coming, you know, as connected with people as possible. Hopefully you can get a cut or two on a song, you know, of a successful artist and eventually make your own way. I think there's someone who's very reminiscent at Belmont. She, um, she's kind of someone who I gravitate towards heavily. Her name is Emily Wiseband. And she is actually, she wrote Consequences by Camila Cabello. She, she wrote a song for BTS and Halsey. I forget the name of the song. Oh, 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 um, oh, 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 oh love. The, the, yes. love. Yes. Stan, he knows. <laughs> yes. She, she wrote, um, she wrote that song. She was one of the top liners of that song. And she, um, uh, her whole process for writing that is incredible, but she kind of just made her way, you know, through um, doing ASCAP writers rounds, which I've done in the past and meeting with different representatives and different people. Um, and just making a name for yourself organically. And she just does that by becoming a great person and being a great, fantastic writer. And yeah, you should definitely follow her up because she has some really, really cool stuff, both as a songwriter and an artist. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I was a big Camila Cabello stand back in the day. Oh, so. we know. Oh, we <laughs> know. <laughs> Skylar was very much a part of my Fifth Harmony days. Was it Fifth Harmony? I'm sure you were very your, active in that. It was your Fifth Harmony days, your Adina Menzel days, your, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you, yeah, you you were a huge fan of some pretty incredible people. Yeah, it's so crazy. I've seen the book. <laughs> oh, he's seen my autograph book with everything. Like, Ethan's educated, he knows. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's absolutely the, fantastic. The, the Glee stuff in my room. You were all, you were all a part of that. Yes. I forget about it. <laughs> I was even friends with the bodyguard from Hamilton that you became friends with along the way. Right, because right. Because of you. People don't know about Jimmy, the doorman. They don't know Jimmy about him. Doorman. He's amazing. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, do you know about Jimmy, the doorman? Was he the TikToker that said no? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. Well, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cut that. We'll cut that. Cut that bit out. Uh, no, no. Uh, this was the guy who, um, he was a security guard at a theater in New York. And I like became friends with him um, through like when I was a big Adina Menzel fan. And then Hamilton, the musical was at this theater and he like brought me backstage for Hamilton. And like, I got to do all this like cool shit because I was friends with this little old man named Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, and what a great guy. Yeah, you met him, right? We went I to met Jimmy. That's right. Yeah. We, and, then we, we were... and then we met Philippa Sue along the way That's and we all took a selfie. Right. <laughs> See, I forget these things. Me and yeah, we went on a trip to New York and I was like, we have to meet Jimmy. And I definitely took all my friends to go meet Jimmy at Hamilton. That's that crazy. That was fantastic. That was a great day. I was looking back at those pictures actually a couple days ago, even before, even before, you know, I knew about, you know, being yeah, talking with you on this podcast and I just looked at that picture and I kind of just was like oh memories really takes you back we were we were so such crazy. little peanuts oh we were so different like that's what's also so funny for like I guess both of us just talking right now is like we were so different people like in oh high my school. gosh so different. <laughs> 
I think if I ever talked to my high school self, I would be like, crack? Is that what you're on? Crack? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm really kidding. But yeah, we were just such different people. And I think that just comes with time and growing and finding out who you are and what you like and, you know, the things that make you, you. And mm-hmm. you just become more attuned to those things and more proud of them too. So yeah, it's just, it's crazy like how different time was back then and how how much we've grown both as people. Yeah, it's insane. Cause like we're both to the core of it. We're like the same exact passions. We still have the same exact things. Like I was the fan girl. I was the Stan. I was always doing crazy things. And like, you were always a songwriter. You were always bouncing around with a guitar, like always just doing crazy oh my gosh. shit. I was so bouncy. I was so energetic. That was so <laughs> fun. If someone- it was so much fun though. It was. It's so funny. If someone would ask me like one word to describe Skylar in high school, I'd be like bouncy. I, I just remember you like just bouncing. Like she just like, she would always just like walk with a spring in her step. She was crazy. Hey, I always thought, you know, like sometimes, you know, like if you put the outer exterior forward, you can feel it internally. You know, mm-hmm. if you bring that positivity into the table, then you can at least feel it internally. Sometimes like it, it even goes with, I think like when you, do you ever like see on TikTok and you see like those words of affirmations where it's like, um, where you say something in the mirror where it's like, I do not trace, I attract. What is simply meant for me will find me. And it's like, it, it's true in a way. Sometimes when you put those things outside and you release them externally, you can feel it within and you can feel things and feel I feel a better sense of the environment because at the end of the day, your perception is your reality. 100%. I believe in manifestation. After this, I'm pretty sure Ethan's going to give me a tarot card reading or something. Like, we're like big into that. So, like, oh my gosh, the tarot card readings. I get so many of those. (laughs) Me too. And they're kind of scary accurate sometimes. So, sometimes they really are. And then you're like, no, no. I do not claim this or it's like, yes, I do claim this into the world. And sometimes they're heavily accurate and you're like, how did you know this about me? Have you been stalking me, TikTok? It's crazy. TikTok's algorithm is like insane. Like I don't even want to know. Oh my gosh. My TikTok is absolutely insane. Sometimes I'll get like, I'll get stuff on my for you page about cats. And then sometimes I'll get stuff on my for you page about just random stuff. Remy the ratatouille. Um, (laughs) which I can't even begin to start about. But my point is that, yeah, TikTok's algorithm is very different from other social media platforms. Um, And that's, along with being a creator, that's something that's so cool because for the first time, you kind of have this ability to reach a target audience that you normally would never reach from Instagram or Facebook, just because the way its own algorithm works is so different from the other ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, de- definitely capitalize on it. Like, I know you have a TikTok and I think you have some TikToks that like kind of blew up. Like I've definitely seen, I forget what the one was. I definitely, I commented on it not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, it has like 5,000 like plays or something like that, right? Isn't that Yeah, it? yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Super like, crazy. You might go viral on TikTok. You might be the next <laughs> Dixie D'Amelio. Oh you my know? gosh. Actually, my highest TikTok I think is one about Taylor Swift, to be honest. What is it? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think I was talking about how cruel summer should have been a music video, but it's, oh. but it's not. Should have been. Wow. Cruel summer See, deserved I'm, its own music I, video. You're right. I should have done more TikTok research. I should have done more TikTok research on you. <laughs> so sorry. You're, you're all good, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. TikTok is a crazy, crazy thing. It is super crazy. I just made my first TikTok last week. <laughs> 
and I don't know if you oh. saw it. It, it had it has fifty likes and over like seven hundred views, but it was my first time, and it was honestly pretty well produced. My housemate taped it for us, but like. It was it was a good time, but it was hard. We did it for like two hours to get everything with the transitions and stuff. Like it literally took us so long. I was like, honestly, I'm kind of like, I get it. Like it's a job. Like people that are really professional TikTokers, they put a lot of effort into it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's crazy. There are some people that I know that have released stuff and you know, sometimes it'll like they work so hard on it and you know, sometimes it'll get like a thousand views or something. But um, actually, fun fact, my roommate, she's a fantastic artist. Her name is Ali Lin and she released um, a snippet of one of her next singles and it got it completely blew up, got over a million views on on TikTok. Okay. And now she's using those TikTok tactics in order to plan for her next release. Yeah, so it's crazy how TikTok can build you up as an artist and as a writer and, you know, eventually, hopefully lead you to somewhere. Oh, hell yeah. No, 100%. And like, definitely capitalize on that. Like, if you ever need my help with my creative endeavors, you know, you can give me a ring, Skylar. I got you. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Thank you, dude. I will definitely reach out to you. Because I I feel it. I feel like our paths are definitely in a cross again. Oh, for somewhere sure. in the future like 100 they definitely will they definitely will and the fact that they even just came across together now just says a lot that this won't be the last time this will definitely be the first of many many times that we'll be running into each other over and over again amazing i hope so and then season five of the internet religion podcast when you're like opening up for like t swift or something crazy you have to come <laughs> back on and be like remember that time remember that time when we talked about tiktok and now i'm a tiktoker like <laughs> Yeah, guys, I'm a TikTok influencer now. I kind of just changed career paths. What? <laughs> and yeah, that'll be season five of the internet religion. A hundred percent. I'm manifesting it. We got a manifestation circle in the Zoom room, guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today and chatting with us. I Thanks love for having me. I love catching up. Um, Ethan, any last words, my friend? No, just thank you so much. This has been a really fun one. I like this one. This was so much fun. This was Thanks. so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Honestly, like it means so much. It means so much. Of course, of course. Thank you to all the listeners, all 50 of you who <laughs> actively listen to us, probably. Maybe there's more. I don't know. we got to get the Skylar Lee fans on here now. So <laughs> we got to make it bigger, make it bigger. But thank you guys all for listening. Wear a mask and the future is bright. <laughs> Bye. This is the reality we live in. This is my internet.